Hello there! It's Friday, which means it's time once again for the best movie podcast ever. The only movie podcast to offer, uh, to offer, to offer objective hyperbole-free discussion of every movie in the known universe. I am your host, the podcaster with no name, Conrad, and with me as always, when there is no more room left in hell, the dead shall walk the earth. It's Anthony James. <laughs> good afternoon, good evening, good night. There it is. Oh, God. I'm, cu- I'm going. We're coming in hot this week. All about the dead this week. Um, I, uh, I, I it reminded me of the little spell from the you near know, the Pixar film Onward. There. Yes. Um, I, one day to walk the earth. I thought that's what you were going to go into. But, uh, no, this is um, this is the dad. I, I'm, I'm ashamed to say I can't remember the actor's name now, but the dad from Keenan and Kel uh, was both. Which in... dad? Who's who's dad in Keenan and Kel? Uh, Keenan's dad, the bald yeah, guy. The, the only one you see. Do you ever see Kel's dad? No, I, I believe. I'm not sure. I, I, I'm not sure whether Kel's parents are a feature in Keenan and Kel. To be honest, he doesn't seem to have been well brought up, based on all the all the hijinks he gets into. I'm, I'm surprised he still got teeth. How much orange soda he drinks? <laughs> yeah. But uh, what do you what do you, what do you call? It? Did, did it, there was a huge rumor for like ten years or something after that show went off. It's like Kel's dead. You know, Kel's dead. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I remember that. that. Remember yeah, that? that was that did the rounds, and then and then he'd just pop up like ten years later and be like, no, I'm just you know, went and did other things. <laughs> It reminds me, like when I went to a music festival called Oxygen in in uh, in near Dublin, there was uh, there's all when you're when you're at a music festival over the weekend, there's always like little rumors that yeah. go around. People yeah. people start them, and the rumor that went around the music festival that I was at for the three days was, um, and this is like just before everyone had smartphones too. Yeah. So like no one could just look it up. Yeah. But uh, but the the rumor was that the British presenters Ant and Deck were dead. Uh, <laughs> That's a very specific joke <laughs> for like our British listeners. There, I don't think Anton Deck are an international commodity of any value. Um, oh, I, yeah. I had um, I had a big one. I think I, I can't remember where I was. I think it was at Reading Festival, and uh, a rumor went around that Eminem had died. Um, <laughs> just complete nonsense. Can you imagine being the person who started? Like, what are they thinking? Yeah. <laughs> Eventually, it makes its way back to you, and you just sit there with like a satisfied look on your face, like <laughs> excellent, everything's going according to plan. Um, we're not here to talk about celebrity deaths. Um, uh, this week, although there may be some deaths involved in some, one of the films that we're talking mm-hmm. about, or in fact both of the films um, that we're going to talk about later, because there's violence in all movies, really, these days. Um, this is a <laughs> this is a movie diary uh, where we talk about all the things that we have seen since the last time we did one of these. Uh, if you're new to the show, please consider subscribing to us. We are The Culture Cave on YouTube, or the best movie podcast ever on podcasting apps, uh, and get involved in the comments. But without further ado, I say let's talk about some movies. Let's do it. Movies. There's been lots of news this week. Actually, that's not true. There's been a little bit of exciting news this week. Um, the first thing that I wanted to, to to fire across your 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 bow, so to speak, um, was the fact that we talked about Knives Out's uh, sequel last week and the yeah. fact that it had um, added a bunch of people to its cast. As as if in response to that, um, the I believe it's the Hollywood Reporter announced that Kate Hudson has also joined that cast now. So that makes it. That's another one. Dave Bautista, Edward Norton, <clears throat> Kate Hudson, Janelle Monae are missing someone. It's just, it's ridiculous. It's go- I mean, is Ric Flair going to be in this movie? Who have we got next? <laughs> yeah. like- it's just de- I, I, just, I just imagine, what do you call him? Uh, DJ Khaled just sitting there going, Oh, sure. One. DJ Khaled will one. be in it. Yeah, just, yeah. Oh, well, uh, yeah. Like, you could use that <laughs> meme to, to describe this. He might be in it himself. <laughs> He's not up to yeah, much. Yeah, like, 
how many parts can there be in a film? I, you know, I haven't said that. There was a lot in the other one, so let's look. You know, yeah, I suppose the more it, there is, the more chance of like the Cluedo thing you got going on. Yeah, because you, you, yeah, you need the 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 kind of uh, Pink Panther style opening of you know a bunch of people getting up to no good in a house or hotel or whatever, and then them yeah. all to be played by very sort of charismatic actors. So I guess most of these people are going to be semi stars in an ensemble cast. I think charismatic is a bit is it's maybe a bit over the top in terms of describing Kate Hudson but you know we'll go with it <laughs> listen you find me a better star of failure to launch alright <laughs> like she have to lose the... a guy in 10 days is where it's at like let's I, I think we should, uh, well, both of those her and Matthew McConaughey I think I think uh... possibly I th- <laughs> 10 things ten, no, the, how to lose a guy in 10 days was Matthew McConaughey yes I uh, think was the other one I haven't seen the other one I think I've got in my head an image of Kate Hudson, like on the on the front cover of the DVD or the poster or whatever, Kate Hudson standing up straight, Matthew McConaughey kind of like like leaning in like that. Uh, <laughs> that like, that's, that's how to lose a guy oh, in is 10 that days. How, Okay, so that's what I'm thinking of when yeah, I think yeah, of yeah. failure to launch. I mean, what, their career... Classic film. They, Classic. They, I, I feel like their, their careers kind of dovetailed early on when they were making nothing but awful rom-coms. Uh, and then Matthew McConaughey somehow... I, I believe it started with Reign of Fire where... Uh, certainly I noticed him after that I was like this Matthew McConaughey guy is pretty cool actually he has a big axe in that movie I was I'm alright with that he's not just this awful rom-com actor whereas Kate Hudson Hmm. I don't know if I've seen her in anything I I can't remember what I've seen Kate Hudson in the last 10 years to be honest with you but um, Matthew McConaughey for me the one that made me start thinking about him as a top actor was uh, Mud I think he took a bit of a gamble going for sort of like a low budget independent type thing and with Mud uh, and then it's it made him be seen in a more serious light, which was pretty cool. Yeah, no, and I think I think he uh, like I think he well lasted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, like, yeah, I think he he's done a good job of like kind of I don't want to say legitimizing his career because Kate Hudson's had a perfectly legitimate career. Um, but you know of make of broadening his horizons beyond the yeah, rom-coms yeah. that he kind of made a lot of in that early two thousands period. Um, yeah, I don't know what Kate Hudson's been up to being. She she's Goldie Horn's daughter, I think. So maybe yeah, she is, yeah. hanging out with Goldie Horn and Kurt Russell at home. Just chilling, just chilling. Imagine that household: <laughs> Kurt Russell and Goldie <laughs> yeah. Horn as the parents that that your your your, your girlfriend <laughs> brings you home to. It's like that man was. Uh, I can't I can't imagine anything other than Captain Ron. What I think <laughs> the old the old uh, family film. He's like a a pi- pirate. Uh, he's not really a pirate, but he owns a boat and takes the Martin Short's family out for a, some a holiday on the on the seas. Yeah, great but- film. Yeah, I, I've never seen that, nor have I seen Overboard, but they're they're both kind oh, of like Kurt Russell, Go- Goldie Horn vehicles, as I understand it. Um, well, uh, Overboard is fantastic, absolutely fantastic. Okay, well, I should add that to the list. I like Kurt Russell. <laughs> I should watch that. Um, speaking now, how how am I going to segue into this next point from where we were just then? I, 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 segue. Kurt Russell hasn't made any films where he wields a sword. I don't think. Um, which is a shame because that would work quite well as a, as a segue into this next news story, which is actually something I'm a bit more excited about. Not to say I'm not excited about Knives Out 2, but we discussed it last week, which is to say that uh, Chad Stahelski, the director of John Wick's 1, 2, and 3, and, prob- mm-hmm. and also I think he's directing the fourth one whenever that actually finishes shooting, um, has, um, it has basically been, well, he, he has been signed on as the director for a Highlander reboot for some time now and um there were rumors that were kind of pretty much confirmed over the last week henry cavill um will be uh taking on the lead role of i can't remember his name now something mcleod um previous... kevin 
Sure, Kevin McLeod, um, previously played by Christopher Lambert, of course. Um, so Henry Cavill using his long hair and sword skills from that Witcher series on the Netflix to good use here, hopefully. Yeah, that sounds interesting to me. I, Henry Cavill, he, he would, I'd imagine he'd have to put a Scottish accent on. Uh, I mean, the Highlander series does not have a great track record of representing its um, people with accents well. So in that original movie, uh, Christopher Lambert just plays a Scottish guy with Connor McLeod. Con- Connor, Connor McLeod, yeah, uh, plays the Connor McLeod. Like, so he's you know he's a Highlander. He 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 starts off in, I don't know. Braveheart times what's that like the 12th century or something <laughs> yeah, um, <Braveheart> times. <laughs> yeah. Um, he starts off then doesn't have a Scottish accent then doesn't keep it for the rest of the movie or doesn't develop one for the rest of the movie he's just kind of like b- vaguely it's not even it's not even an American accent it's just his weird own brand of accent and then you have Sean Connery uh, playing a, a half Egyptian half Spanish character doing what Sean Connery does which is not put on an accent at all so in in many ways I feel like Henry Cavill would be being more faithful to the original if he just like just attempted a bizarre accent for this that wasn't scottish okay. in any way all right okay fair enough well henry cavill has been good at accents in the past so yeah even if he wanted to i think i'd be happy enough with him to do that um but yeah that's really interesting i'm a big fan of henry cavill especially in mm. the witcher as you mentioned i really really liked him in the witcher um thought he was i thought he was great um is 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 I'm not, I haven't seen Highlander, but is there any physicality to the role? Because in oh. terms of his... Oh, yes. I mean, you have to cut, okay, so, you have to cut yeah. someone's head off to kill them if they're a Highlander. And there's, there's a lot of head cutting. Okay, well then, well then let's, that's going to be great. Because yeah. his, uh, his action scenes and his, fight, his fighting scenes with swords in uh, The Witcher were fantastically yeah. done. So Yeah, and I, I think if you, if you combine like Chastahelski's um, eye for shooting an action scene, because he was, he was a stuntman on The Matrix originally, so he know, like, and he kind of moved into that like Hong Kong cinema-inspired um, way of shooting, where it's basically just like these really wide shots allowing mm-hmm. the, co- the fight choreography yeah, to yeah. speak for itself. Combine that with the work that um, Henry Cavill did in The Witcher, at the very least, the fight scenes in this are going to be awesome. No word on whether we're getting Clancy Brown back. I hope we are, but you never know. Like with 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 these reboots, they may distance themselves from it. Um, but yeah, that's interesting. Though, yeah. So Highlander coming back to a cinema near you sometime in the next few years. Keep an eye out uh, for that. Uh, okay. Yes, exciting stuff. Um, but that, I think that's going to shift us quite naturally from <laughs> from our from our news section. That was me keeping an eye out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just I'll, I'll I'll check back in every six months or so just to make sure everyone's still paying attention. Um, and if you're not, you're in trouble. Uh, that's going to shift us quite naturally to an exciting new. I I don't know when to stop calling this a new section of the show. We've done it twice now. It's this always is new be every week because it's a new. It's that's a new, true. It's sort of twenty five years in the past. It's another week on. It's a new segment in that way. Sure, we'll just call it new forever, and it'll become <laughs> sure. a, a beloved. Well, it's running about game. time travel, kind of. So it's kind of new forever. That is true. Um, so it's the newest version. <laughs> come with me through uh, as we travel to the days of yesteryear in our exciting new segment. Back to the feature. <laughs> I almost started singing then. I didn't do it. I was thinking about putting some vibrato on that, but I thought, you know what? I'm gonna oh. be, I'm gonna be a little bit more um, reserved this week. I want. I I, I, I initially started off like this, this sort of part of the show by trying to do like a kind of very, um, uh, like kind of hyperbolic Americanized game show host. But I think I'm actually gonna take a step back and be more like a kind of '70s British game show host, where it's just like, ah, <laughs> oh, right, very well done. Or like, like <laughs> yeah. that's more. Do you of have a different, different type of game show host every. Uh, oh God. 
I, I haven't got there's not that many to choose from to be honest that would get bored and like tired very quickly um but here we it go would. it would yeah <laughs> it would so let's be grateful that i've chosen not to do that you do bruce forsyth one week i i don't know if I, that's one of those accents where i've never tried it and i fear what would happen if i did i'm certainly not going to try it for the first time while recording a podcast because it was just nice to meet you to meet, to meet you nice yeah. to say that <laughs> Um, so that for those of you who haven't caught this before, this is the exciting game show segment of our podcast where I select a film from 25 years ago today, as close to today's date as possible. Sometimes it doesn't perfectly work out. Um, Anthony will hear five clues and have five opportunities to guess the movie. Each clue he hears lowers his score. Uh, and I encourage you all to play along at home, of course. Um, but without further ado, Anthony, are you ready for Back to the Feature? I'm ready. Okay, here we go. I, I'll be interested to see how quickly you get this one this week. Okay. First clue. Clue the first. That makes me think that it's going to be easier than the last two weeks, even though last week was actually pretty easy when I listened back. But still. Well, you know, we, we've talked about this before. It's a crucible of pressure. You know, this is, the, this is a pressure cooker, this. You know, anyone can, anyone can answer these questions in the cold light of day. But when you're sitting in that chair with the spotlights on, it's a whole mm-hmm. different kettle of fish. I know, I know, I'm feeling it. Clue the first. The director of this movie, Rob Cohen, began his career making a handful of episodes for the Miami Vice TV series in the 80s. I've heard the name Rob Cohen. You have. I don't know why, I'm thinking of comedy this week. Um, Happy Gilmore. It's not Happy Gilmore. I, I think that I think that's the right year. I think that is the right year. That's though. why. That's why I guessed Happy Gilmore. Yeah. I thought 90, around ninety six was when it was. Yeah, made. not 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 Happy Gilmore, but a good guess. Second clue. This Universal Pictures movie marked the third time in a year that they would produce or help produce a movie about an animal. The other two being Babe and Flipper. Babe and Flipper. Rob Cohen. It couldn't be, could it? Free Willy 2? It's not Free Willy 2. That's a solid <laughs> guess, though. A solid guess based on the information that you've been given. Um, it wasn't Free Willy, I knew that. Like, but... No, it, like, I don't... An I, animal I can't, film. I, I can't speak Babe to the director of Free Willy 2. Babe and Flipper. Okay, okay. Okay. I like Babe. I, yeah, I, I can't remember Flipper at all, to be honest. Uh, Flipper, is that about the... the dolphin. Oh! It's about a dolphin. Okay, I have a question. You don't have to answer. Is uh, no, I'll wait to see what you say in the next clue. Okay. Uh, so, clue the third. This movie would spawn two sequels, subtitled A New Beginning and The Sorcerer's Curse, respectively. The Sorcerer's Curse? Yeah. <laughs> and it's an animal movie? Yep. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. Um I, I do have a guess. It's not what I was gonna say. Okay. I'll tell you what I was gonna say. Go on. What I was gonna guess was Andre. It's not that. Um Andre. Andre, yeah, it's with uh what do you call him? Uh Frodo Baggins, what's his name? Uh Elijah in... Elijah oh. Wood. Andre. Yeah, he, he's like as, as like a teenager he he played uh a couple of years before Deep Impact, he had like a seal called Andre in a film. Oh, I very vaguely remember that movie coming out. Yeah. I never saw that. 
but a great shout okay. nonetheless. But uh, yeah, okay. we're only so accepting my, my one, guess, one my guess, round. Yeah, my guess is. Oh, okay. So is that my answer? Uh, no, 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 that's that's fine. Like we'll we'll, okay, we'll discount. Okay. Out of there. I knew well, when the sorcerer came into it. I knew it probably wasn't. <laughs> yeah, um, unless unless that series of well, one, I'd be very surprised if Andre got a sequel, and and two, yeah. if if that if this movie about a seal uh, had a sequel subtitled "The Sorcerer's Curse," the narrative <laughs> has taken a shift that was unexpected there. Okay. Um, now, when you say an animal movie, let's 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 just clarify something. You are talking about the genre of an animal movie. Like you're not throwing King Kong at me or something here, are you? Like you're not throwing like Planet of the Apes. That's not an animal movie. Um, you don't have to answer that if it's too leading. But I mean, you know, you know what the question I'm asking is. Like, I I will say, mm, how am I going to answer this without giving too much away? When I when I think animal movie, I think Andre Flipper, Free Willy, Babe. You know those type of films. So okay, in the context, I think you are. I think you are correct. Charlotte's Web. In the context of this, this uh, quiz, the I use the, the the phrase animal movie to describe a movie in which an animal is a main character. Okay, okay. Because I was also thinking Beethoven, like you know, you know the type of film I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. Um, where 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 the where the animal is the show, <laughs> like where you're yeah, there for yeah. the talking dog. Right. Okay. Well, this this guess is going to be wrong because it's what I was going to say, but it's definitely wrong. But I'll say Homeward Bound, uh, just to I, again, you're you're on you're 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 knocking on the door, I think here to a certain extent, but it is not Homeward Bound. I think Homeward Bound was a little bit earlier than this as well. I vaguely remember that being in the eighties. Yeah, although there no, were definitely we... Homeward Bound sequels in the nineties. Well, Michael J. Fox was one of the main roles, so it probably was the eighties. Yeah, yeah, he was the Golden Retriever, I think. No, no, he was the uh, I don't even know, he was like the mutt called Patch. No, sorry, called Chance. He had a patch yeah, on his eye. You're, you're right. The, old, uh, the, the Golden old Retriever old. was called Shadow. Is that and James his owner Stewart was called... or something? I can't remember who did his voice, actually. But he's. Uh, I remember at the end, his his owner, Peter, thought that he wasn't going to make it back because he's just too old. Yeah. And then, and then he starts running over the hill. The hill like, yeah. I'm Around. coming, Peter, and I love you. I always get him mixed up with the cat in Fifle Goes West, an American tale, which was voiced by James... Oh, the, sorry, the old dog in um, Fifle Goes West, an American tale, which was voiced by yeah, James yeah. Stewart. Um, I actually remember that. That's cool. Yeah. Um, okay, fourth clue. I think I think you're going to get it on this one. There might be some contention after this. We'll see, because I, 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 I may have misled you with one of those clues. Let's see. Clue the fourth. Liam Neeson was originally cast in the role of Bowen which would eventually be played by Dennis Quaid. Oh, okay, I got it. Go on, hit me with it. Dragon Heart. <laughs> I'm going to lock that in. Let's just check on the computer. Lock it. It is Dragon Heart. He's done it, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> No, I think I think you're right in thinking. I, I think I think you didn't didn't leave me astray. I think you're okay. I, 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 I was when I said animal. I did. I was. I wasn't sure if I should like specify. I am including magical beasts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, you know, that, that's absolutely fine. I, I, I think it w- it wouldn't be the same genre of like animal family film I'm talking about. Yeah. But at the same time, an animal features in it pretty heavily. Yeah. Not an animal. You couldn't really call it an animal. It's a fantastic, yeah, fantastical beast. But sure. Still, I got it. You did. I you got, got it. it. Two, a score of two. You're moving up. Yeah. You got one point, like zero points the first week, one point the second, and, and two points now. In two weeks' time, 
you're going to be knocking on the door of full scores every single time at this rate. <laughs> at this rate. I know. Well, I'm going to get six in one of them. I'm going to guess it before you even give me it, give me the clue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just based on memory of my childhood. Yeah, which, just based which, on which an encyclopedic out, yeah. knowledge of 1996. Um, I know Titanic's coming in the next three years. <laughs> next three years. Yes, that narrows it down. Do you want to hear the final <laughs> clue that you would have had had you not known? Uh, oh, we've never got to do this before. Yes, I yes. would. Okay, so the final clue, had you not have guessed it, would have been... Sean Connery went from playing King Arthur in First Night the year prior to voicing the character of Draco in this movie, which also mentions Arthur by name. Well, I'm glad I did. I'm, I'm, gl- I'm glad I didn't get. Uh, I'm, I'm glad I didn't, didn't actually have to get that clue because that is like a real give you give you give it to your clue. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The moment I was like, I can't mention Sean Connery in these clues because the moment that happens, and, like I mean, you literally did it in answering it. Everyone's just immediately going to go Dragon Hatch and like. <laughs> yeah. I wonder how it felt for Sean Connery to be able to do. That. <laughs> it's like Alec Guinness had like a forty-year career in which he was like making these amazing movies, and the only movie anyone knows him for anymore, <laughs> anymore is Dragon Heart. Uh, I guess Sean Connery. Sean Connery. Um, well done, Anthony. A, a solid, solid performance there. I think we can all agree, uh, both myself and, and for the audience listening at home, that you've, you've done yourself proud there. Um, so I love how when I said Happy Gilmore, you said I, you said I wasn't a million miles. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I said that's just that's that kind of like game show needless, host needless platitude that yeah, it doesn't doesn't actually help matters at all. Um, I, think, I suppose like the only way I could bridge that gap is maybe saying like. I've talked. I've talked about both of those films on the podcast before. Yeah, you ha- like that's why I thought I, I was. I thought you'd get it because we have discussed that on the podcast. Um, I've also seen the sequel, A uh, New Beginning, but um, I didn't know that was a tagline or the subtitle. Um, Francis from Malcolm in the Middle is in it. He is the main boy in it. So that's a step down from Dennis Quaid. The, the, it, yes, there's also. Is it a step up from Malcolm in the Middle? No, it's probably a step down for him too. To be honest, with you. yeah. Mm. Depends how long after Malcolm in the Middle. <laughs> to be honest, no, no, it was, it was. I think it was during. Oh, okay, yes, yeah, so that is a step or, down, or then. even just before. I was gonna because when you see like Frankie Muniz turning up and st- stuff now, it's like, oh, Frankie, like <laughs> what's what's happened? Where did it all Agent go? Agent Cody so Banks was where it was at. Agent Cody Banks, that he should have should have made Agent or Big Fat Liar. Come on, Paul Giamatti, that was a good one. Uh, I don't think I ever saw that. To be honest, oh, Paul Giamatti. I was talking to someone about Paul Giamatti playing the Rhino the other the other day. He's he's made some bad movies. He gets a few. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about some movies that we've seen rather than reminiscing about Frankie Muniz's dog shit career. I I say we start things off. Um, the only way that that we really we really can which is uh, talking about this hot new property that everyone's excited about um Zack Snyder back in the director's chair for the first time in Seems like, like ages well yeah yeah first time in like 2 weeks since the justice uh, yeah. league <laughs> came out um uh, this look out is... for the uh, look out look out for this film being re-released in a couple of years I'll tell you that well yeah we'll we'll, we'll come we'll come to that a bit if this is we're talking about Army of the Dead 2021. It's on Netflix. Um, it's it's starring Dave Bautista um, and a bunch of other people. Not really like none of whom are particularly interesting to be honest. Uh, Nora Alexander, uh, Anna Zeta, sorry, not Alexander, is probably the the the, the best of 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 the um, the character actors in this. And it's essentially telling the story of um, a zombie outbreak in Nevada that is kind of dealt with in the opening montage uh, opening credit montage that also introduces us to our our main characters who are all kind of like 
I don't know, like sort of predator type, you know, archetypes. Like this one's a safe cracker. This one's an army man. This one's a mechanic. Um, this one's called Scott Ward. <laughs> That's what Dave Bautista's name yeah. is. He, yeah, it, like it, none of them are that interesting to to be brutally honest. Um, and it, it's it's a mistrick because when I think of um. Like so, essentially, the premise of this movie is there's a zombie outbreak in Nevada. Um, it's like walled off with containers, but um, the and and like kind of society recovers. But there is a <clears throat> kind of lingering sense that the government are using uh the zombie virus as a means to control like dissident voices. So like if someone mm. is, you know, political uh rival or something, it's implied that maybe they'll check their temperature. And they'll send them off to like these internment camps just outside of the 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 city of um, Las Vegas, um, because people are so sort of gun shy about the the virus potentially coming back that they ask no questions about these tests being done on them. Um, and that is like kind of an interesting, um, an interesting idea that the movie plays with for a little while and then just kind of drops it almost immediately, which is That's really good though because maybe I think that had to, I think that might have been dropped in in an edit, uh, Conrad. Because like me hearing that, I'm thinking to myself, really? Like, does when they were? I'm sure this was written before the pandemic, but really, does like Zack Snyder and the people involved in this really want to be on the side of people saying at the minute that like making people wear a mask is yeah, like the government's Nazi controlling Germany, us through vaccines you know? and tests? Yeah, I, I, I that could easily be the case. Um, I also think that when you're talking about um like kind of minority and dissident voices being silenced by the government um through through uh you know like a, a fabricating the existence of symptoms for a disease it mm-hmm. it probably takes someone who's quite a good writer uh to do that uh, and 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 quite a good director to kind of realize it i don't think Zack Snyder is that is that director um so but so essentially this yeah this movie tells the story of this group of guys or a group of like mercenaries who are hired by a, an incredibly shady businessman who is obviously lying to them and is obviously a villain to go and rob uh one of the vaults in las vegas that i think contains a couple of hundred million dollars because even in this sort of post-zombie outbreak world people still care about money and if they if they perform this heist they get to keep um keep a lot of the money uh they have to assemble a team he uh sticks one of his own men in the team who is clearly going to betray them at some point throughout the movie and they go off into uh this zombie filled city that's basically it um there are a couple (laughs) of twists and turns along the way there is um there's some interesting stuff it gets into with the kind of like zombie ecology so like going into this movie i figured it was just going to be like oh you know it's a zombie movie it's going to be them moving through this place with like typical zombies and and maybe they'll be the the sort of uh, dawn of the dead remake style scary running zombies or maybe they'll be the shambling Mm -hmm. zombies um but they actually pretty early on establish that there are lots of different kinds of zombies so there are the what they call the shamblers which are the sort of uh, a traditional George Romero style style zombies who are uh-huh. pretty brainless. But then you've got like I don't know if you ever seen. Did, did you see? Oh, what was it called? So the original movie is a Mega Man, uh, but there was a remake of it starring Will Smith called Oh I Am Legend. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. So like that that like kind of they're not they're not zombies in that they're kind of almost vampires really but the the, there's like a kind of subset of zombies in this that are essentially that they're like super fast super strong intelligent they're like having babies with each other and they're able to turn people to their side um and that is quite interesting 
But mm. again, it, like most things in this movie, it's pretty surface level and pretty throwaway. Um, it's yeah, like it, it, this is fine. It's fine. <laughs> like it, I, I didn't, I didn't dislike it. I think it's it's over two hours long, and I, I think that's way too long for what it's doing, which is essentially. Zack Snyder getting back to what he's good at, which is making kind of dumb action movies. Um, all the characters are pretty one note, although some of them are pretty, pretty good one notes. I will say, uh, you know, my, my my kind of watermark or uh, high watermark, I should say, for kind of one note characters being delivered really well is like the beginning of Predator, where every character in that is is a f- like brilliantly realized stereotype and that's all they need to be they don't need to be yeah. much deeper than that um and this isn't as good as that but it's not bad all things considered um uh, but really it it's lacking any one of the charisma of like you know an arnold schwarzenegger like dave bautista is pretty good but he doesn't have a lot to work with in the script and really my overriding mm. feeling looking at him was like wow he's really big like you don't realize <laughs> you don't realize until you look at him next to normal people. It's like God, how do you move around, Dave? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you ridiculously, ridiculously big, Dave. Um, I can't believe like what what's what's going on in the in the world right now. Who would have thought Dave Bautista would have been become this huge film star? Yeah, well, he he released an interview today uh, as as we're recording this on a on on the Wednesday, uh, saying he wants to play Ernest Hemingway. <laughs> so. <laughs> So look out for that. Like Dave, <laughs> he'd have to he'd have to lose like a hundred pounds and probably about a foot of height to play Ernest Hemingway because who I believe was a sort of ruddy faced bearded man who was about five foot ten. <laughs> not the appearance of Dave Bautista. What? Uh, that's not going to happen. Like unless it's unless unless it'll happen in like a Seth MacFarlane comedy or something. Oh, can you imagine? Um, but no, like I. I Stick to what you're doing, Dave. He's doing well. I, I'm I'm interested interested to see um, where his career goes. Like, how long can he be the action guy? You know, he's sort of it's really interesting. Like, he's sort of taken over like the space that everyone thought John Cena was going to go into. Yeah. Um. They they it's weird actually. They've taken quite different paths because like John Cena has made a couple of really funny com or. or he's made one really funny comedy which is blockers which i really liked yeah um but he's also been the best part of some other kind of more mediocre films i think he was in Trainwreck, which is like an amy schumer uh comedy. i haven't seen Trainwreck. wreck it's not that good but uh, he's he's very funny in it um whereas like dave bautista he, he's done a lot of like dodgy action movies there's one i think it's called like half time where he's like a security guy at a football stadium in in the uk and terrorists attack it or something some nonsense like that <laughs> that sounds great but then he he also did stuff like you know blade runner um was it 2042 i think it's called 2049 was he in yeah. that he was he was he was the, the the first guy that um that that ryan gosling's character goes to 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 rub out and and he he played you know he's obviously still a very big muscly guy um but he plays the part with with some genuine kind of sensitivity and and pathos which i was really surprised about so i could I, I wonder if he's a victim of his own appearance to a certain extent, because obviously he looks yeah. like where people look at him and he, you know, he's like two hundred and sixty pounds of pure muscle, um, and they see you know Drax or or something like that. But but he, I I think he actually has got chops as an actor. So I'll be really interested to see what he does. Um, hmm. And in a way, it's a shame that he's in this 
not because again it's not a bad movie but he just doesn't really have very any anything interesting to do as a character there's this sort of subplot with uh with his character's a strange daughter who sort of demands to come into the zombie zombie wasteland because she doesn't trust her dad to recognize and try and save a, a woman that that she has um that she's like friends with which is like a, a sort of typical Zack snyder piece of like just dumb writing like mm-hmm. it doesn't matter whether she trusts you to to recognize her or not this is this this girl is like 16 years old and a civilian clearly don't bring her into the zombie wasteland with you, <laughs> with you you know you're like you can put your foot down on this one on this one scott it's fine <laughs> it's fine he always needs like a young girl to be traveling with in his films you know that yeah but uh, but i mean you could get he's like the per- yeah he's like the perfect older guy sort of mentory type yeah you know? yeah and, and you know that is like essentially the the, the central I guess like character arc so much there is one in this movie is him trying to restore his relationship with his daughter but it, it's not really much of an arc she basically exists to get them into trouble which is a hard thing to pull off because sometimes as it does in this movie it just comes across as annoying um mm. so i don't know like you look at like the kids in the first jurassic park movie and it's like oh you know they're getting into scrapes but they're adorable like like so, so we let them off whereas in this it's like just don't why is she running off on her own and like alerting <laughs> all of these zombies that are going to kill the entire team um but yeah i mean so you know it's it's okay it's what you kind of expect it to be i it's it's one of his better recent movies i think not that that's saying too much uh i will briefly mention that um this movie was shot with these like old like they're called like canon rangefinder lenses which basically like it gives this like really distinct it's like almost like an ethereal look where the, the subject is in focus and everything around them is completely distorted and like it has right. this kind of like glow um and it's clearly a choice an aesthetic choice that he's made one might say it's a distracting one and not the correct one for the movie that he was making um <laughs> but i respect the fact he made it uh, my main problem with it is and I, I will say i did get used to how the movie looked by the end of it that uh, Tignataro um had to be digitally edited in to replace chris Delia, um who was cancelled very definitively um after shooting for this movie had finished because it turned out he was a massive piece of shit um and that plus this weird uh lens they're using makes her scenes um the scenes where she's been digitally edited in very obvious indeed um okay and it doesn't help that they kind of they seem to be referring to her by like like very neutrally like almost as if they've replaced her with someone who looks and sounds and acts nothing like (laughs) tignataro is actually in star trek discovery yes Uh, i've heard i've heard she's good in that she's all right she's all right like most people are all right in that um (laughs) but yeah uh good old tig good old tig that's really interesting so it's a little bit like um (laughs) makes me think of uh your fellas who's superman's mustache Oh yeah, it does. It looks a lot like that. Um, like just all the these scenes where she's kind of like that. So the most of the scenes where it's like shot and reverse shot are fine because um, the sh- like the character isn't like existing in the frame with a bunch of other people. There are a couple mm-hmm. of wide shots which show like the team together. And if you look at her face, it's like oh boy, that looks like you've just like pasted uh, that face onto <laughs> onto like this the, like pasted it over where Christelia's nightmarish form was um so <laughs> but i mean for for all that 
at least they did it you know i i shouldn't i don't rag on it too much because good for them for being like oh this guy's a piece of shit let's get rid of him um and you know yeah, yeah. put someone who's actually not an awful person in this movie um but yeah so that's army of the dead oh the one thing i will also say is having talked about suicide squad recently um how do you feel anthony about incredibly on the nose licensed music choices well it depends like for the most part i actually quite like them I, yeah. you know I, yeah yeah okay because that, that wasn't the worst part of Suicide Squad. No, that's true. It wasn't the worst part. Um, it did annoy me, and it annoyed me in this when we got. Uh, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna read them off here. In in the first like five minutes of this movie, uh, so that's an exaggeration. Probably first half hour. We've got like soulful covers of Bad Moon Rising, This Is the End, Viva Las Vegas, and the movie ends with you guessed it, Zombie by the Cranberries, <laughs> like, which is just like Zombie. fuck off, Zack Snyder. <laughs> like, all right, I know what kind of movie I just watched. Um. It's it's also hilarious to me that uh, uh, actually maybe you know how, maybe he was actually making the political statement then because the, the zombie zombie by the cranberries is based on Northern Ireland politics like, yeah so I maybe he is actually do like going with the whole uh, you know don't make us wear masks thing I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean listen I. <clears throat> I don't dislike Zack Snyder as much as a lot of other people. I'll still watch like 300 and Dawn of the Dead or his remake of Dawn of the Dead. I think he gets a lot of stick. I think one of the the criticisms of him that is fairest is that he's a really dumb director. So, so like, I don't think he's got it in him to have to, to put that kind of subtext. He just put it in because it's, it's yeah, so I, zombie. Yeah, I think it's. I, I do literally think it is. It, it's like when Ronald Reagan used "Born in the USA" as his like um as his election campaign song in like 1984 or whatever. Clearly not listening to the lyrics of that, of that song. And just being okay. like, I tell you what, this chorus is great. Let's not worry yeah, about yeah, yeah. what what what's uh, what's being said in the verse. So um, um, Trump doing YMCA, but uh, yeah. So I'm going to um, say that I might watch this film now. I think I think that I, I think that it looks to me from the outside. You saying the licensed music? It looks to me like so. A few months ago, we had him remaking Justice League, yeah. and now we've got him what looks like remaking Suicide Squad. Um, to me yeah it is kind of like a suicide squad meets dawn of the dead kind of vibe yeah yeah just even like the art style they're going for with it and like the uh the the ragtag group and the licensed music makes me think that he sort of thought that he could do a better job you know yeah i mean it it could be it's it's odd it is odd tonally because like it's got a dawn the dawn of the dead remake uh, like has some of those kind of like um has some of those like lighter elements like there's that famous montage where it plays the richard cheese cover of um people equal shit by slipknot um while they're kind of learning to exist in this zombie wasteland and they're like sniping zombies and that's that was very funny at the time um this tries that doesn't really land it i think um and i think part of that is because these guys are it's like if you took like in dawn of the dead all the characters are like quite well realized they're quite well developed like they are human characters whereas the, the the guys in this aren't really human they're like this guy they're, they're just killing thousands of zombies like they, it feels like someone's playing with their action figures a little bit in this okay, okay. and then they die when they're supposed to die uh, and it and it's all kind of it's all kind of pretty stupid but you know all that said it's not a bad movie i enjoyed it i do have some reservations about fully recommending it to people though okay all right brilliant i'm not going to spend too long on the film that i watched uh this week because it's another trip down memory lane for me. Okay. Um, since Disney Plus came out last year, every now and then I'm just watching films from my childhood. Um, I've talked about this before on the, on, on the old 
uh, podcast. And uh, it is one that I, I've got in my mind because I've been watching the new Mighty Ducks um, TV series okay. on uh, Disney Plus. Game Changers, right? Um, it's called Mighty Ducks Game Changers. It's a really weird show. It's not for my age group, obviously, but I am enjoying it to a certain extent, knowing what it, what it is and what it's for. There's a few things I don't agree with in that in that show. First thing is is that Gordon Bombay, the great coach of as we know, who sort of started the Ducks, mm. um, he is uh, like a down and out who owns a ice rink but doesn't let any hockey get played there because of something that went wrong in the past. Oh, okay. Um, he uh, he's fallen out of love with hockey. Um, and he's just he's basically like reverted back to who he was at the start of Mighty Ducks One. Yeah. But he's just but he's not a successful lawyer. So he's sort of just like I wasn't nothing. a successful lawyer by the end of Mighty Ducks, to be fair. That's well that is true, but <laughs> that, that that is true. He but he, he starts off uh the Mighty Ducks film, which I did watch the first Mighty Ducks film. He starts that off um as a very successful lawyer. Uh Emilio Estevez plays Gordon Bombay and he then, which, weirdly, he was 30 years old when he made this film, by the way. That's crazy to think. I'm that's, 30 now. That's depressing. It's, uh, it's 30 now. Maybe I should go down to the local ice rink and get together a ragtag group and take him, <laughs> take him to the state championships. But um, I think I'm probably the right age for it now. Yeah, um, you can do it. I believe in you. Yeah, so... Okay, so basically, yeah, I like this film. I, I really, I really do. I, I, you know, it is what it is. It's a sports film. It's, yeah. it's, uh, you know, take take little kids, uh, put them together, give them diff- give them matching jerseys, and they'll be good. Like that's that's the type of film it is. Um, and I did enjoy it. I will say that I really liked the underdog story of the Ducks eventually winning and like they like, stealing the kid Adam Banks from the from the uh, from the Hawks. I loved all that sort of thing. It's in it's in stark contrast to the new TV show that's out because. The ducks are now like the hawks, right? So I've mentioned this before. I think. Yeah, they become the, the big the, dogs. They're the big dogs now, um, which is interesting to me uh, because then they had to make a new team, and I could just imagine the the Disney execs being like, "We can't have a a new cooler team. Like, we can't have like a new animal. Like, the duck is the duck. Like, you know that is what <laughs> we're doing here. So we can't really do that. So what are we going to do? So they 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 uh they called the team the Don't Bothers. Um, that's a very yeah. that's a very like that feels like it was written by someone in their 50s trying to encapsulate what they think <laughs> like very late millennials or early zoomers think about the <laughs> the world there the, the don't bother yeah, <laughs> yeah. so they they yeah, they they have the don't bothers uh, and the, the don't bothers terrible name uh, mm. it literally just says don't bothers on their shirt and it's all just because obviously they don't want to overshadow the fact that the duck is the brand, you know. Yeah, they need to they need imagine, to keep that mighty duck brand as powerful as possible. Yeah, I imagine I imagine by the end they're going to become the ducks or some some something like that. Anyway, yeah, Mighty Ducks one. Also, apparently the Mighty Ducks one was released as the word as the name Champions. That's that's uh, that's how I remember it. Um, I do not because sometimes that. you used to be able to get a VHS where it was called Champions, and then other VHS would say it was called Mighty Ducks. So I think when they released the second one. D two, uh, I think they um they 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 change the name to the Mighty Ducks retroactively. Um, but yeah, great great show. Um, what made me want to watch it was that uh, some of the uh, original cast members were in the TV show that's coming out. Is um, Emilio Estevez sort of... in it? That's the big question. I told you, Emilio Estevez is the main guy. He's, he's, right. he 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 owns a. I told you, Conrad. He he owns. I wasn't he sure if, they, a, if they'd recast Gordon Bombay. Or oh, not. oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't tell you that. I told you Gordon Bombay was in. Yeah, yeah, you're right. No, I, he's I, in it. I feel like yeah, Emilio Estevez. 
the phone's ringing off the hook for acting, for acting <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. It's ringing off like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, wasn't sure they could get him. <laughs> I'll tell you what, though. I, like, I, I was always looking at him and Martin Sheen and being like, come on, that's not his dad. Like, it doesn't look like his dad. And you know what? Him as an old man now, he's got the same beady eyes. I'll tell you. Yeah, and like, it, him and Charlie Sheen are very much like, oh, okay, yeah, they are definitely your kids, Martin Sheen. Yeah. <laughs> like, they got all of your DNA. Um, it, it's, oh, I'm good. I'm glad to hear he's back. I... It was sad. I, I'm a fan of the, I'm a fan of the young guns. All right, I'm gonna say I'm I'm gonna put my put my neck on the line and say you know what those young guns movies are stupid, but I like them. And it's a shame that Emilio Estevez's career like started with like the well I didn't start with the Breakfast Club, but you know like 1984, he had the world at his feet. Like he was ready to take on the world, and not like eight years later he was reduced to making a Disney bad Disney movies <laughs> like the Mighty Ducks. But they're great for 12-year-olds. Oh, I'm me, sure, let, yeah. me tell you, let me tell you this, right? Let me tell you this before we go. This is the last thing I'll say about this, This, right? It's a... Okay, the TV show that's come out, and I'm not, I'm not going to mince my words here. They've completely fucked with the lineage oh. of the Mighty Ducks. And I'll tell you why. Kenny Wu. Woo-woo Kenny Wu. He was introduced into the second Mighty Ducks film, D2, oh, okay. as I mentioned before. He was introduced as a member, uh, I can't remember where he was from in America, but basically, randomly, they just went and chose a team from Minneapolis, you know, as you do. Sure. Little 14-year-olds, they think, hey, they won the state championship in Minneapolis, let's take them, they can represent the Amer- uh, USA, okay? Yeah. Also, as we know, as we know, all hockey clubs only have one team, it's always just like a 14-year-old team, that's yep. it. And and all nations just have a 14-year-old, like, national team. They don't actually have any, you know, that's all it is. Yeah. You know? They're, 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 there's, never, there's no older groups, younger groups. It's always just the one team, <laughs> yeah. right? You're famously so they, in the Olympics in '82, the Miracle on Ice. That that was all 14 year olds. That's why it was such a yeah. big deal because a team of 14 year old Americans beat the Russian men's team. <laughs> that's the yeah, one. yeah, yeah, exactly. And led by Coach Bombay of all, of all men. But uh, but yeah. So what they did was Kenny Wu was introduced to character. He was like a figure skater, and he was like because the figure skater characters from the first one for some reason didn't make the cut into. <laughs> Uh, the second one. So they introduced Kenny Wu, okay. who's an Asian American, because it's trying to trying to bring in people from all over America, because it's now the American team. So they added like a cowboy guy. They added like a, a rocker guy who beat people up. Anyway, they introduced Kenny Wu. Okay. Um, and Kenny Wu never played in the original Green Ducks jersey. Right. Right. He only played in the uh, USA jersey, and then he also played in the uh, the white jersey with the the skull and crossbone duck okay which the eventually cool turned yeah the cool one which eventually <clears throat> turned into uh anaheim mighty ducks actual thing right like disney created the team yeah so basically and then yeah, i think he wears that as well in the third one too but anyway he never wore the green original jersey right guess what in the game changers tv show they had him wearing it and they brought him out onto the ice with the others one saying it's the original ducks it's like he's not the fucking Outrageous. original ducks he joined when they were already state champions. This guy's a glory hunter. <laughs> yeah. They've retconned the, the whitewashing <laughs> of history that we're seeing here. Real OGs remember that this this Johnny Come Lately didn't turn up till the second movie when they were already state champions. Yeah. Woo woo, Kenny Woo. Outrageous. Fuck off. I, <laughs> I, 
honestly the disrespect that they've shown <laughs> can we talk let's talk for one second about Emilio Estevez's character name in this because I've always <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like I you know it's a Disney movie I'm not going to hold its feet to the kind of critical fire too heavily because it's mainly meant for children I think but Gordon Bombay is a fucking wild name <laughs> for, for Emilio Estevez's character like how do they even arrive at that I mean it's it's let's be honest it's very very memorable it, um, uh, that is 100% true like and it's it's one of those names that will never fail just to make me laugh like, whenever any <laughs> time anyone Gordon says it Bombay. it's up there with John Matrix from the Commando movies <laughs> as just a, 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 like it's just two words that people just jam <laughs> together <laughs> Gordon Bombay Bombay well, potatoes. it's lo- like so. I mean, would you recommend the Mighty Ducks in the Year of Our Lord 2021 to uh, to, to to new listeners? Or new Listen, if, you, if you if you're looking for a, a gritty, hard underdog story, okay, go and watch. Remember the Titans. <laughs> Mighty Ducks is one to watch. I knew that joke was coming. <laughs> remember the Titans is a great movie. I'll go to bat for Remember the Titans. That's a, oh, yeah, oh. that's great. I like it too. Remember the Titans and Coach Carter. We were absolutely spoiled in the early night, early 2000s for those kind of movies. Yeah. I actually started watching um, a new uh, show as well with Stamos, John Stamos. Oh, I know the name John Stamos. I don't know really. Yeah, he's, he, I, think, I think that's him. He's, he's in like a new show where he's at an all-girls school bas- he's an all-girls school basketball coach. Okay. And I, I started watching it. I don't know why Disney's making all these sports shows. I don't know. I started I started watching this. I watched the first 20 minutes. I was like, all right, this is just making fun of Zoomers um, <laughs> while most of the cast are Zoomers. I don't know why. I don't know why writers in Hollywood always do this, where they like they write they write scripts to fetishize their thoughts about a younger generation, yeah, and, the, and then the, and then they get the younger generation to act it out for them. It's so weird. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's. It's very much like a kind of cry for validation. Like, have, oh, speaking of which, actually, don't worry, we'll get back to the films in a minute, people. Um, <laughs> I, I, time I, saw a, I saw a leak of the uh, Powerpuff Girls pilots, uh, the live action reboot of Powerpuff Mojo, Girls. Jojo. Uh, where, well, this is when they're all in their like, 20s, and, um, and it's so clearly written by a man in his 40s who's trying to make them edgy. So they're talking about like leaking nudes and like one of them oh. is very graphically having sex with her girlfriend. And it's just like, what is all of... Who who wrote this for the Powerpuff Girls? <laughs> like, God, I, like how hard are you trying to make this edgy? Um, yeah, so there's definitely writers like that out there. Um, I will say actually talking about gritty underdog stories, I didn't mention this um when i watched it but there's a there's quite a good ben affleck movie that came out last year called the way back that's about him he's like an mm. alcoholic who becomes a, a high school team basketball coach um it's not quite as kind of schmaltzy and about the sport as like remember the titans but worth checking out if you're into those kind of movies because i i enjoyed it um okay but yeah. little news update by the way apparently the powerpuff girls pilot is being reworked yeah well i think that script is why the pilot didn't do very well because um it's a piece of shit so hopefully they rework it into you know a television show that's good and well written as opposed to that which seems bad and and yeah like a like a child might write um <laughs> okay so mighty ducks a-okay from one disney property to another i'm gonna end the show with something i said i was gonna watch last week and didn't get around to um it's your friend of mine he's back again it's luke skywalker ladies and gentlemen in return of the jedi uh from 1983 the first star wars movie i ever saw um 
and it's is it it is yeah i watched return of the jedi then a new hope then an empire strike then the empire strikes back um and when i asked the true the true order <laughs> yeah that's the true viewing order when i asked my dad why when, when i first watched this i, I asked my dad because i was in a, i was an observant little so-and-so why return of the jedi was called episode six he he said to me it's a joke don't worry about it he didn't know what he was talking about he did not know what he was talking about he lied to me to my face because he didn't know the answer it's a joke yeah it's a statement you could just say i don't know put my dad on blast for that one because it's just ridiculous um return the jedi is a movie about a young jedi called luke skywalker i'm not gonna go through the story i i'm not that young anymore no he's not that young he wears black because uh it symbolizes that his character has become more serious and to be he's honest he's gone through jedi puberty because now his lightsaber's turned green yes he's lost his original lightsaber and he's, he's constructed a new one that's green and um to be honest luke skywalker wearing black is about as much character development as any of the good guys get in this movie um which is not say i don't like it i still love this movie but watching it i couldn't help but uh feel like it's almost like a greatest hits album it's sort of like here's all the all the gang remember these guys they're all here but not one of them has an arc or anything really notable to like oh, i don't know luke skywalker doesn't fancy his own sister anymore that is true that is a, that is a significant shift in his character <laughs> like he was like you know yeah. what it's time for me to leave the incest behind and good for him is all yeah <laughs> and anakin skywalker was a good guy all along so you could say the character development for him at the end was very uh very well good. i mean darth vader is literally the only character in this movie with an arc <laughs> like because like he you know he turns good i don't him. know the uh the emperor has quite an arc on his on on, on the throne <laughs> on, on, yeah on that jump shot from <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> jump vader. shot down the hole. rainbow jump shot down the <laughs> which apparently he survived apparently. yeah well <laughs> yeah i don't know i interpreted that as it doesn't make sense. The next movie doesn't make... Or the the, the Rise of Sky... What the Sky fuck is it called? Skywalker. Rise, Revenge of the Sith? What's the, what's the last Rise one Rise of Skywalker. Rise of Skywalker. There's too many Star Wars movies. Right. Rise of Skywalker. She's not even a Skywalker, which is great. Well, no. It's, I mean, no, it's Rey. She's a Skywalker. Remember that really she, cool she line at the end? She takes her name, Skywalker. <laughs> she just yeah. decides she's Skywalker for someone. She's like, we need to sell some toys here. We need, you know, she, Skywalker. Listen, she met Luke for like an afternoon and she was like, that guy's great. I'm going to take his surname. Um, hang on, but Leia was her was her uh, actual uh, Jedi master. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Like none of none of Rise of Skywalker makes sense. Like, why is his body all <laughs> decrepit if he just got like? It, are we to understand that he survived being thrown into this pit of fire, or is it he just, just got brought back? Body? He should be a fucking. He should be fresh as a daisy. Yeah. <laughs> Star Wars is a good movie. All right, this has the this has the best the best space battles. I'll say that I love the space battles in this. They're by far the best in the series. Um, I, but yeah, there's no real character development and. I watched again, like so. When I was talking about Star Wars uh, or New Hope, rather, the other day, um, I was talking about how I was cutting between the Laserdisc release, which is the original release, no, none of George Lucas's fuckery um, from the '90s, to um, the the Blu-ray release. I watched the Blu-ray release of this, and Hayden Christensen Force Ghost at the end still annoys me. I can't. What a legend! It doesn't make sense. It's Alec Guinness and Yoda, the other two. It's how they looked when they died. Why is Aiden Christensen there? Like, did no one say this to George Lucas when he made that change? Um, I don't. I really don't know why he did that. I'm gonna be honest with you, because <laughs> even like the moment we've just seen with like the redemption of the character, yeah. it's not. No. it's not Hayden Christensen's <laughs> face. So. I just I annoy because like I don't you know the other changes. I'm just like whatever. Like I don't care about Star Wars that much, but that one it just like it does. Why change that? It doesn't matter. But with all that said, 
that it's got it's got Ewoks. I like Ewoks. They're pretty cool. I love the AT AT or oh, ATST, excuse me, um battle. Weren't Ewoks uh like, you know, the fans took them in a similar way to fans took Jar Jar Binks? Yeah, I I think that that that's my understanding of the situation is that a lot of people saw like like stormtroopers were jobbers anyway, but to see them get jobbed out to Ewoks, it was like, all right, okay, like stormtroopers have now lost all credibility <laughs> as a as a threat yeah. when they're they're you know, especially at the empire. The emperor's like, I've sent my finest legion down to protect this shield generator, and then they get beaten by a bunch of bears. <laughs> with spears. It's, it's like um, it's it's like when Jar Jar Binks kills a lot of the apparently scary yeah now. yeah like dragging we, we, it around. <laughs> Yeah, he's got a gun on, yeah. his, on his foot. Yeah, stumbles around the room and accidentally kills like an entire squad of assault droids. Yeah, I, I mean, Darth I, 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 yeah, I don't care about stuff like that. I, I find that quite funny to be honest. Um, <laughs> yeah. But that's Return of the Jedi. It's, it's still a great movie. Um, I still, I still love a lot about it. I love the little fish guy who's in uh, the Millennium Falcon with Lando. Um, uh, and I love my boy Green Leader in an A-wing crashing into the bridge of a Super Star Destroyer and, and, and killing um what's his face admiral piet i believe his name is have have you have you seen uh the end of the mandalorian mm, yes i think so the, the season two i'm pretty sure i have i hadn't when I, we first started okay. talking about it i'm pretty sure i have now i'm trying okay, to remember so how spo- it spoiler uh we're also going to be seeing more of um what do you call him jabba the hutt's lair because uh old uh old jango fett has now Taken over. He's now the hut. Oh, Bobo, you mean? Not Django. Sorry, not Django. Django's yeah, Boba, the, uh, yeah, the yeah. old one. Yeah, Boba. Sorry, Boba Fett. Of course, Boba Fett. Boba Fett is now the hut. I mean, they're Boba played hut. by the same guy. To be fair, Boba and and Jack. <laughs> no, no, yeah, I know exactly. <laughs> like, um, I. Uh, he's, he also plays the dad in Moana. Yeah, he does. Which we've talked about. Yeah, and there's something else we watched that, or something else I watched that had him in. But yeah, anytime you need like a New Zealand kind of like native character. He's your man. <laughs> like, yeah, that's what we need. That's Boba Fett. Or all, all Boba over. Fett, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm glad they retconned that, or didn't retcon that, as the case may be, because I always remembered him getting spat back out by the Sarlacc, and then I watched this, and I was like, oh, he he doesn't get spat out by the Sarlacc in this one. I think it was like an added scene. Um, Not a Mandela effect. It might be a Mandela effect thing. <laughs> if, if by Mandela effect you mean incorrect, then... <laughs> yeah, that's what, that's what I mean. Like, yeah. a man, Mandela effect is incorrect that you can find people who don't want to admit they're wrong yeah. on the internet about. Yeah, pe- people have remembered something incorrectly. And <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. It's such a stupid thing. Um, but yeah, there you go. I'll tell you what's not a Mandela effect, and that's The Return of the Jedi is a pretty good movie. Um, yeah. So I think that is going to do it for us here um at the the parish of the best movie podcast ever i don't know why i'm talking in like church terms this week i don't want to give the impression that we're a cult but you know i don't want to seal anything off for the future maybe we'll become a cult um (laughs) maybe that leaves us with uh, one simple question to answer as we always do and that is anthony what's your favorite movie this week i've only watched one movie and i can't think of anything else so it's (laughs) gonna have to be remember the titans (laughs) Great. Well, it's a great, a great movie. A, a sporting drama. Denzel Washington always delivers. Uh, I, I, mine is Dawn of the Dead. I'm gonna say the George Romero one, not the Zack Snyder one. Um, <laughs> join us next week for another one of these. Another, another movie diary. An exciting journey um, through whatever we've been watching in the week between 
now and then. Um, thank you to Nancy Wyatt and Jared Iscariot for the use of our theme song. You can find links to their stuff down in the uh, stuff below. And thank you to you for listening. Uh, once again, please consider subscribing. We are the Culture Cave on YouTube, or the best movie podcast ever on podcasting apps. And uh, get involved in the comments. Let us know what, uh, what you've been watching or what you thought of uh, the stuff that we have talked about this week. Uh, but we will catch you same time, same place next week. Amen. Hey,